hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Today I'm joined by Costa Sam, who is a blogger, a new blogger on the scene, uh, and you can find him on Instagram. Um, and he's also a former Disney cast member um, who's been in various roles with Disney, uh, but also at Disney World. So we're going to be focusing mainly uh, on in this episode on Disney World, um, but we may actually bring Sam back for some future episodes to talk about some other aspects of his work with Disney as well. Um, so Sam, how are you doing? Hey, 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 Ryan. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm coping with lockdown, you know, we're trying to get through it. We're uh, watching a lot of coaster POVs and just praying that the parks are going to be open back soon. But hey, I guess only when it's safe to do so, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I've been been a bit jealous um, because over in the States, they've been trying to open some of the parks, haven't they? And they've made some tentative steps. Mm. Um, But over here, there's not really been much talk about it. So... I'm hoping. I mean, I'm 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 optimistic that maybe you know July, August, you know we may start to see some movement. Um, but yeah, we've just got to put with it for now, aren't we? And, and the main thing is the safety of of everyone. We don't want to be you know everyone to be getting infected again and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, people can just wait for their theme park fix uh, because public safety comes first. I think. <laughs> I guess. Absolutely, and you know what? It will make it will make it just so much better when we can finally get on your favorite coaster and just get straight up that lift hill going down that track. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking. I was thinking everyone's going to be a lot more enthusiastic uh, mm. when we go to the parks. Everyone's going to be kind of dancing around and, you know, going to be really happy. Normally, at this stage, normally sort of we're going into June, people might be getting a little bit tired now because people have probably hammered the parks from kind of February, March onwards. And people then you kind of go into this kind of lull um you know into the summer but i don't think we're going to have that so it's going to be really interesting it's almost going to be like the start of the season all over again um because we already we already had a taste of that at blackpool and all that excitement that came with that and then we're going to have that again so that's you know that's something to look forward to i think yeah and can you imagine the scenes that's going to happen you know when the train comes back into the station after everyone's first run god it's going to turn into america people are going to be clapping and cheering <laughs> yeah it's going to be like universal with everyone oh, like yeah. applauding whether yeah, they clap great. after every single ride i mean surely the the ride operators at our park they must get so sick their hands must be raw <laughs> yeah yeah it is good i mean I, I really enjoy them doing it but i do feel sorry for them that they have to do that like every every minute almost because they, they really put those trains through don't they it's normally like a three you know two to three train operation i was gonna say can you imagine you know they, they start with a nice one train a day they have to clap every sort of one and a half to two minutes and then the, then the ride up turns around and says Ah, oh, guys. Okay, we better put another train on. Everyone's like, "Oh God, <laughs> someone get me, get me the moisturizer quick!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it's every thirty seconds. So. 
Brilliant. Okay, so uh, before we begin then and get into what we're going to talk about, um, about your experience um, working with Disney and exploring the magic, um, Mm -hmm. do you want to give the audience um, a little bit of an introduction about yourself and a bit of background, a little bit about, um, you know, your history and also a little bit about your blog and how people can find you? Sure, sure. So, I started in the theme park industry, actually in the UK, um, when I was about 18. Uh, I started at Chessington, and then I moved on to Legoland, uh, the Merlin theme parks. Um, and then I kind of branched out into Disney. It was always my always my dream to work for Disney. So I started in Disney Store, and then moved around their sort of parks and resorts sector. So started at Disney Store in the um, merchandising um, sort of area of the company, uh, and then moved to Disney World in 2016 um, and then uh, came back to the UK, continued some work with Merlin at Lego and then uh, moved to Disney Cruise Line and I actually just came back from working on the Disney Dream um, in January of this year Um, and I came back and obviously lockdown happened and you know it it sucks that it happened but it happened Um, and uh, everyone around me was getting just so sick of me talking about roller coasters and rides and I thought I've got no way of of, uh, of, of, of putting it out there. And so um, so I started a blog, you know, like, like many other enthusiasts do, you know, where else best to talk about theme parks than on your own personal blog? And so I thought, yeah, I'll do it. That way no one can get sick of me. Um, so, so yeah, so I started Coaster Sound Blog and uh, we've been going ever since. It's been really, really amazing. And uh, I have to, I'm gonna give you a shout out, you know, Ryan from Theme Park Leapy has been super super friendly and and helpful with everything so thanks Ryan for that um and uh, yeah it's it's been amazing so far um so if you want to find me or you want to follow along with uh, my posts you can find me on instagram at coaster sound blog and i do a lot of um disney stuff or you know uh, florida parks and uh, also the uk parks as well if you have any kind of industry questions either in the uk or out in the states um let me know and i can try and help out yeah and i have to say that um you know reading your blog um you always seem to pick out topics which maybe other bloggers haven't thought about um and you kind of go in different directions so it's definitely well worth a a read um and recently you did a post about the the lost water coaster at chessington which got quite a good reaction from what i saw from people so there's these kind of interesting posts that i think really capture the imagination with people from what i've seen (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. I think it's about exploring uh, those topics that haven't necessarily been picked up on, you know, rather than just doing, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, lists and like top fives and top tens and top coasters are great. You know, everyone loves to compare and contrast. But I think, um, you know, it's it's important to look at the wider spectrum of of the theme park industry. Yeah, um, I mean, I think unfortunately, I think I do fall into the trap of kind of doing top fives and stuff on our website. But um, I don't know. I I need to. I think I need to uh, infuse my uh, brain a little bit more and maybe try and get into some deeper topics. But I do have a mystery uh, YouTube video on the horizon that I've been working on for quite a long time that I need to just kind of get into the final push now and i think that'll be something that hopefully will capture the imagination a little bit so a bit oh i can't wait there. to see that that's going to be so good a bit of a tease a bit about it's historical and so it'll be something that people remember about but i think it's it's going to be interesting so let's see what happens with that yeah i can't wait 
Well, we'll see. Hopefully, it might just be a massive disappointment. <laughs> so I might have just bigged it up uh, a little bit too much. But it's something. This is something that we need to do a bit more, which is uh, just spend a bit more time. And we we want to spend a bit more time on the YouTube channel and try and you know get that up to speed a little bit more. So yeah. Um, but you know, some people have it and some people don't. I think you have it, and I don't think I do. So. Oh, don't so. say that. Come on, Ryan. You're good. Theme Park Loopy is. I, I love Theme Park Loopy. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, I, tr I try my best. I try my best. I'm always learning and I'm always looking to get better. One step ahead, one step at a time. That's it. You know, that's that's the way that I look at it. So, Jordan Sparks. That's it. So, um, okay. So, do you want to just, before we get into the topic now, is there anything you just want to say, um, you know, to just give us um, a bit of background uh, in terms of you know that you don't work for disney anymore and that kind of stuff is there anything you want to just cover briefly oh yes yeah thank you for reminding me so ryan before we begin um i just wanted to make make sure that you're aware and, and to anyone listening um before we before we kind of delve into the world of disney um i'm a former cast member so i did used to work for disney um i don't work for disney anymore so when I'm explaining things and talking about things, I'm, I'm saying nothing on behalf of the, of, of the company or any of its affiliated uh, businesses or arms. Um, so it's just me, a former cast member that had a really good time and, and is hoping to continue to have a great time with the company, um, just talking about my kind of professional experience. Brilliant. Thanks for that. So um, getting into the topic then, there's going to be a lot of people who might be listening to this and thinking, do you know what, I'd really love to work for Disney and particularly mm. I'd, I'd like to get the experience of going over to Disney World and, you know, working there for a few months or, or whatever. You know, if someone's looking to do that, how, how could someone go about doing that if they have an interest in, in pursuing that? So working at Disney World um, is really it comes down initially to looking at where your where your strengths lie so just like any job um you need to make sure you're right for the role now the best thing about working at disney world is there is so many areas that you can go into you know if you've got experience in retail you can go into retail food and bev you can go into food and bev um entertainment you can go into entertainment you know if you're a performer you can do that if you're a dancer i mean if you're good at photography you know you can um be, be a part of the photo pass team so there is so much opportunity at disney world now this is where it gets a little bit tricky because if you're not an American or you don't have an American residency or any kind of permanent uh, visa, then then you do have to go through um, the college program. Now, the college program kind of comes in two separate forms. So to the Americans, they can do it as a part of their college degree. Um, unfortunately, for example, for English uh, people, um, there is only about two universities that offer that um, in conjunction with the program where you can go and work at Disney World for for seven months or eight months, um, quite a while. And you can also study at the same time. So you can spend two semesters, I believe, um, doing that. Um, or you can also work at Disney World across. Um, let me see, across two different programs if you're from the UK. Um, so obviously you have the World Showcase in Epcot and each of the World Showcases represents a country. So what you can do is you can take part in one of two programs. One 
is to represent your country in Epcot and that's called the um, Cultural Representative Programme. And what that is, is you can go and be an ambassador for your country um, that's on the World Showcase and you can work either in food and beverage or you can work in retail in one of the, in one of the, the, the stores in the UK Pavilion. So and that program in itself is a year long program and that's a part of the Disney International programs and, and, you, and you, you can do that. Um, you don't have to have a university degree. You can just apply as long as you're a UK citizen and you've got experience um, in retail or in um, you know, history of the UK or anything like that, you can apply, which is great. Now, if you're at university and you're studying here in the UK, you can do the cultural exchange program, which is what I did. So that's where you get to go over there for a shorter period of time. It's about two to three months um, and you can work at Disney World in whatever division of the park um, you like you put down your three top choices and then disney will if they have a space for you in one of your top three they'll aim to place you within that um, but nine times out of ten during the interview process they kind of talk to you and kind of will work out in their own heads where they think you fit within the world of disney world because like i was saying before there is just so much there um, and so much opportunity so really if you wanted to look at starting at Disney World and, and having that experience, um, then that's your best option coming from the UK is to do an international program, whether that's the cultural representative um, and going there for a year and working in food and bev or retail, or if you're at university and you're studying, um, you can do your three month program in whatever real department you see yourself fitting. So um, in the UK pavilion, I think the there's a fish and chip shop there. I think is that the Yorkshire fish and chips? I think it's something called something like that. Something uh, on those lines, yeah. Yeah, because because well, people might know, but um, I mean we're from Yorkshire, and I've always wondered because we never tried them when we were over there. I wondered how do they actually compare to Yorkshire fish and chips? I'm gonna hazard a guess that maybe they're not quite. Uh, what someone from Yorkshire would expect but I still I think next time we go I need to try them and kind of give my reaction and sort of get, determine whether how close I've got them to Yorkshire fish and chips <laughs> so I think, <laughs> that's, I think that's something I need to do um, brilliant so are there any kind of is there anything that people need to keep an eye out for like do Disney do like recruitment days or you know do they just advertise on the internet and you just got to keep an eye on the website um you know how would someone go about you know keeping track of when these opportunities arise so when i applied and again i can only speak from my experience um as and this was about maybe back in 2016 now so so a few years ago but i believe that it's still roughly the same so Disney goes through like agencies to recruit for Disney World to do the initial the initial kind of recruiting process, if you like, the first stages. Um, and that used to be, I'm sure it is still now, through a company called Yummy Jobs. Um, and what you can do is you can go on their site on, on Yummy Jobs and they will tell you exactly when they're going to start accepting applicants. Um, from what I believe, I think it's sort of in the middle of summer. It's usually the process starts about almost a year in advance. So it's the middle of summer um, for the following summer is when you'd be going out there. So you really kind of need to be on the ball uh, with it. So, yeah, you can go on Yummy Jobs 
um, have a look at when they're recruiting, get all your information ready so that on that first day when they say, boom, we're open for accepting applicants, you can be straight in there with all your details and be kind of straight on their radar. Um, and then from that, there's a bunch of different stages. Uh, you have to go to a kind of a first round of interviews in the UK and um, at the Yummy Jobs office, or at least it used to be. Uh, and then you go to the Disney headquarters and have the much bigger um, recruitment session there where they have people that come in from Disney World and um, talk to you about it in more detail and they'll put you through interviews there. And, and then you have to wait a very long time before you can actually find out whether you've got the wrong or not. So it can be... It can be a very long process, but I believe Quite you. Quite nerve-wracking. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. But I promise you it's worth it. So, um, yeah, okay. So before we move on, though, I've just got to ask you. So you said you worked in Disney Store. So which character did you choose to have on your badge? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, um, man, that was even long ago. Uh, let me see. So Disney Store, I chose to have uh, Pluto. Uh, on my on, on my on my badge because at the time you know he and he still is my absolute number one favorite character i mean hey you can't say no to puppy dog it's quite convenient having pluto as your favorite character because um i found that at disney world pluto was the one who you could find the most mm. so if pluto is your favorite character then it's a bit of a bonus really um and at epcot especially um we just found pluto just kind of hanging out outside and i don't think anyone had cottoned on uh so we just joined the front of the queue i think we ended up with about eight pictures of pluto because we, oh, we just fantastic. always came across pluto <laughs> yeah for some reason like he, first um he, he's out and about quite a lot most definitely yeah he's he's always out and about hey he's got to be looking for his bones right mickey's mickey's hidden his bones somewhere well, that's yeah. It's a bit mean of, of Mickey to do that, though. I think he should just. I think he just needs to feed him properly, and then he'll be yeah. fine. Okay, brill. All right, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, so working at Disney World, mm. um, you must have a lot of really amazing memories of that time. So can you pick, you know, a few uh, highlights? What would you say would be your, you know, your fondest memories of working at Disney World? So there were obviously so many fantastic memories working for Disney World. Obviously, the first day that you start, you have what's called Disney Traditions, which is a bit of a sacred day within the company and for those cast members that have worked there. So I can't really talk too much about what happens there and on that day. But what I can talk about was my first day at Epcot. I remember it so well. I was so nervous and I went in through the backstage area, of course, and... Um, Everything was amazing, you know, especially as a as, as a theme park enthusiast, getting to work at one of the world's most famous theme parks, seeing all the backstage was was incredible. Um, but I remember they as, as a part of that day, they had us do a tour of the park and we we're walking around and it was almost like a kind of like a free guided tour. You know, they had us walk around. They told us all these facts about the park. And, you know, like I mean, like I said before, as a, as a theme park enthusiast, what's better then going to Disney World, going to Epcot, but then having your own private tour with all the kind of insider knowledge, you know, that was amazing. So we finally get through, um, we, were, we were kind of through Future World and um, in the kind of plaza area where the fountain, um, the, the fountain was, I can't remember the name, I don't think it's there anymore. Can you remember the name of that, of that fountain, Ryan, the, um, that did the shows? Yes, yeah, so I think that was the Fountain of Nations, I think. Fa 
Plans and Nations, that's it. Yeah, thank Hopefully you. Hopefully, yeah. that's why. It's... <laughs> oh, yeah, I sound so bad. You know, there I was used to work there. I can't remember the can't remember the name of the of the fountain. Anyway, the fountain was there, and we walked up to it. And our cast member, who was leading us for the day, turns around and says, "Okay, we're going to play a game. We want everybody to go around and um stand around the fountain and wave." And so I was thinking, "Oh my goodness, you know, okay, as a quite sort of conservative." you know quiet british person jumping straight into this american whirlwind of joy and happiness i was a bit i mean it was great but it was also a bit a bit much at times um so so that's what we had to do so we 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 stood around the fountain and we had to wave um and try and get a guest to wave back and the winner was the first person that got the guest uh, to wave back to you the first person to get a wave back basically so I was standing there and I was waving and I was smiling, really, really smiling. You know, I was like, come on, I really want to impress, impress my, uh, my cast member here. And as we were waving, suddenly all the speakers, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, will you please turn your attention to the Fountain of Nations and welcome Epcot's newest cast members. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and everyone started clapping and applauding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're standing there waving our hands like like we're, and there was a lot of British people with me. And I remember the looks we gave each other as if to say we're such lemons right now. But what have we signed ourselves up for? So <laughs> it was it was that was great fun. And I have to say that day and, and the way that Disney, you know, kind of give you this kind of start into the company and into your specific park is just so so magical and they really 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 do look after you as cast members and so that was just always a very very special moment that i'll never forget um yeah so you so you knew that you'd arrived then yeah (laughs) (laughs) they made sure they made sure that you knew about it that you'd arrived yeah absolutely it was it was great um other than that the other memory that really comes to mind while I was working at Epcot was my role was to be a, basically a, a front of gate um, kind of you know where they have the touch points as you come into the park uh, they always have those cast members that um, you know will, yeah, will so stand where, you, where you you boopy your badge mm, you boopy your badge exactly you get the you get the green circle of goodness as we used to call it <laughs> and uh, yeah so guests will come in they'll, they'll scan their magic band and give us a wave and if they you know then they enter the park now we have we used to have so many guests pass through and obviously people would forget their fingerprints at the time or which finger they put it on or whatever it may be so uh, but i always used to try and make an effort to make sure that guests were happy and excited to come into epcot because at the end of the day you know they're, they're at disney world they, they they shouldn't be shouldn't be anything other than than happy um and nine times out of ten they were very happy but uh there was this one time where this this uh this girl was coming up to my up to my uh gate and my my kind of touch points and i I saw she was really upset i I can't remember for what reason but she was just upset um and i remember i asked her i said oh no you know please don't be sad like nobody should be sad um coming into coming into epcot and she didn't really say much she continued to sort of cry and, and scanned her band and then they kind of she kind of walked past and her family did the most typical thing that you see every family do at the beginning of Epcot is they sort of hover. They'll hover in between 
the area of that kind of flower bed and the flower patches just after the touch points and where sort of spaceship earth is you know yeah i can i can, I can understand people getting particularly confused in Epcot, because <laughs> you can't, you don't really know where you're gonna go. Like, because um, I think if, I think uh, if memory serves me, I think you turn right and you can go to Live in the Land, can't you? From Future World, and if you turn left, you'll go towards where Mission Space is, and then if you kind of go straight ahead, then you head towards the lagoon, don't you? I think if my yeah. memory serves me, but it doesn't quite unfold in front of you, does it, at Epcot? Um, although with the new design, I don't know if that's going to change, but I guess you just see Spaceship Earth in front of you, but that's it's also kind of a mistake that some people make is, I think they get a bit confused and don't realise how big Epcot is, and then they go straight for um, Spaceship Earth as the first ride, and in the morning, the queue can be like, it can be up to 45 minutes or something mm, like that, but for now. the rest of the day... Um, it'll be like walk on. <laughs> so, if you ever go into Epcot, don't be tempted to go straight onto Spaceship Earth. You're making a mistake. Just probably head straight up to Frozen Ever After, or or something like that. Um, so, so yeah, or get some advice from a cast member like Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I agree. And and it's funny, you know, the reason why that photo pass person just outside Spaceship Earth gets so many crowds is, yeah, that's a beautiful um, photo to get. You know, it's a classic picture that everyone wants on their sort of portfolio of, of Disney pics. But um, also, it's just it's just a bit of a panic area. We used to call, it used to be like a no man's land. You know, people, people used to walk there and then sort of open their park map, get in and look at each other and go, right, well, uh wow what do we what do we do now and you sort of you said they used to come and ask us being like right sort of uh well what do we do first you know and i think you're right i think that's why they well we might as well get a get a picture yeah and then they had to head to spaceship birth but um anyway so so she came through and uh and scanned her scanned her band she was obviously visibly upset and she sort of hovered with her family they did that bah, panic thing and uh so she was still upset and, and I overheard them uh, talking about the fact they wanted to go to Spaceship Earth and she was really excited to go to Spaceship Earth that day. And I knew, as, as it always does, that Spaceship Earth has about a 70 to 80 minute wait on average on a busy day. First thing in the morning, it can have a humongous wait. Um, I don't think Spaceship what... Earth does. Oh, did I say Spaceship Earth? <laughs> Yeah, do you mean, I think when you were telling me about this earlier, I think, was it Test Track? That they... I mean Test Track. <laughs> well, they're, well, no, they're not similar at all. So. No, they're not. I don't know why I said that. Like, oh, it's fine, go on. Oh go dear. On. <laughs> oh gosh. So she was heading to Test Track. To, yeah, to sorry. So she was, yeah, she was heading to Test Track, not Spaceship Earth. Goodness gracious me, sorry. We were talking about uh, Spaceship Earth. Yeah, so she was, sorry, her family was heading to Test Track. And uh, and I knew, obviously, that the wait was going to be about, you know, over an hour, whatever it may be. It can sometimes get to over an hour. And so I was like, well, that's not going to make her day, you know, good. No one wants to be upset walking into Epcot and then have, find out their favourite attraction is on a 70-minute wait. I mean, that's just going to bring her day right down. So... So anyway, luckily enough, I spoke to my manager at the time who was called a grape or they are called kind of grapes. And they're kind of our first point of call uh, if you're working on the touch points. And um, 
I sort of said, you know, she's she's upset. Is there something we can do? And after speaking with him, and uh, we, the the family started walking away, and and we we kind of briskly walked up to them and said, hi, hi, listen, we 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 think you're heading to Epcot. You, um, test track. Sorry, my goodness, what's happening with the words? She was like, yeah, um, yeah, we're heading to test track, and we were like, look, we know that test track is going to be on a crazy, crazy busy wait right now, and we don't want you to wait because we don't want your day to get any more any more emotional so um here here's a here's a fast pass and it's um it's what we call like any time use fast pass uh, for our as a part of our immediate guest recovery um not that she was upset or had a complaint or anything just as a almost as a magical moment um we can do things as cast members called magic magical moments i don't know if you've ever had a a magical moment bestowed upon you. Uh, I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've never had a magic moment. Um, but we did um, when we went last time. We uh, we did put on um, badges because I think we just got engaged, so we put on just engaged on, and like it kind of gets you quite a lot of attention, you know, if you wear these badges. Mm. Um, and we had people always going, "Oh, congratulations, guys!" and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so that was really good, but we had to kind of take the badge off after a couple of days because we just kind of got sick of people just kind of going on about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I would recommend if you're going for a special occasion, uh, getting a badge, and you never know, you might get um, you know, a magic moment uh, or spa. What do they call it? A sparkle or I can't remember what the actual pixie terminology dust is. Sometimes pixie dust. Yeah, pixie dust. So you might get some pixie dust, but never expect to get pixie dust this is yeah. this is um i see this quite a lot on the disney forums and people go oh i didn't get any pixie dust well getting pixie dust is kind of like it's meant to be like a rare thing you know mm. not everyone's meant to get it so if you get it it's meant to be a surprise and in- enjoy it but don't ever expect to get pixie dust um so that's just one thing that people just need to remember you know that you're not you're not necessarily going to get it because being at Disney is pixie dust, right? So exactly, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't expect anything extra necessarily. So yeah, totally. And 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 I think that those guests that um, perhaps go and expect it and are rude when they don't get it. I mean, it doesn't help your cause, does it? So, um, so if you, I, I completely agree with with what you were saying, Ryan. You know, if you get it, amazing. Um, but yeah, don't. It's not a guaranteed or, or or something that you're kind of entitled to have or anything like that. It's just a, a bit of a, a little bit of extra magic that that can occasionally be made. Um. Anyway, so I I sort of gave her and her family this this sort of fast pass, anytime use fast pass, so that she could go at any point in the day and do her favorite ride. Now, my initial plan was obviously I was giving that to her to stop her tears, but when I gave that to her her tears just continued to go down her face but it wasn't tears of of upset it was tears of of happiness which was which was so nice but i did sort of say hey i gave you that you know to stop to to try and stop crying and she was like well now you've made me cry even more (laughs) so (laughs) gonna get some of that sweet sweet test track action very soon oh yes absolutely (laughs) so um anyway yeah so that that was a very special moment to be able to be a part of making that magic for that for that for that guest and and that's definitely one of the best things and the most fortunate thing about being a disney cast member is that you just don't realize the impact that you're able to have on on a on a on a, on a human being or on a, or on a family or whatever it may be it's it's really is special 
Yeah, so it's the little things, isn't it? You don't have to make um, a grand gesture, uh, do you, you know, to make someone's day. Sometimes it can be something very simple, um, and it kind of turns turns that frown upside down, as I've said uh, to you previously. Yeah, very um, good, Ryan. You should be a Disney <laughs> cast member yourself. <laughs> I'd, I'd look, I'd, I'd, I would have loved to have been a Disney cast member. Um, I don't think it's going to happen unless I take a a work sabbatical for a year or something <laughs> and say, so, right, I'm off to Disney. Um, I'll see you later. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, so moving on from those really fond memories, mm. what would you say would have been your biggest challenges over that period of time when you were at Disney world? Well, I always say, you know, the best thing about working in the theme park industry is the guests and the most challenging thing about working in the theme park industry can be the guests. So um, it's definitely about, it's kind of about managing expectations and understanding where guests can be upset and kind of trying to stop them being upset. And if they are upset for whatever reason, it's trying to, I hate to overuse the word manage, but it is about, you know, looking at that and trying and trying to work work through that um so i would say that was definitely one of my biggest challenges um when you're working at disney because guests come to the park rightly so with extremely high expectations and well it's it's a lot of money in it you know you mm. um for us um you know, we'd, we'd be spending, you know, we haven't been able to go this year because of, you know, everything that's been going on. But the trip we had booked, it would have been, you know, towards seven to eight thousand pounds. Um, and that's not even really including things like spending money. I think we had free dining, um, but we would have had spending money on top. So, you know, you, you're going towards ten thousand pounds just for two people to, you know, spend two weeks at Disney. It's an awful lot of money to spend. Um, and if... I think everyone I think everyone has, you know, basic requirements of what they expect. And I think what Disney try and do is always exceed those expectations. But I guess every now and then I guess if you've been on a flight, a long flight, you know, from the UK, you get to your room and then, you know, it's not been made up, maybe. You know, you can imagine how frustrating that could be because the first thing you want to do is just, you know, have a rest. But the key is how do you, you know, recover that guest, you know, as as Disney would say, um, which is how do you how do you make that a better experience? How do you turn that around? Mm, yeah, so I mean that was definitely I mean it's definitely something you're kind of trained in and you're kind of taught. Um and it's important to remember and, and I guess this goes for anyone in working in any kind of guest service role, whether it be theme parks or, or elsewhere, um, that usually if a guest comes to you with extreme anger or frustration about something and is upset and visibly upset then usually there's um there, there, there's a range of things that have happened before that big moment so that big moment that, you, that you're getting the brunt of is really just the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak um so you know it's important to look at like the trail of of incidents that have happened and looking at how to offer that immediate guest recovery um, to try and make that day better. So I would say that was definitely one of the biggest challenges um, because it's hard not to take it personally, but when they kind of, and, and, and a guest doesn't necessarily mean to aim it at you in a personal sense, but it does, it can feel like that at times. 
because obviously they're you're kind of their first point of call when something bad happens so managing yeah, that was always a challenge i say yeah because the guest has an anger at disney as a whole you know who they've booked with but you're that first point of contact are you so you kind mm. of get the brunt of that so yeah i can imagine it's very challenging having to you know manage that manage that situation and not take it personally um i'm sure that some cast members you know may have made the mistake in the past of you know taking it personally but i think probably the vast majority probably know not to do that you know because of the way that they're trained so i can understand that and i guess it's tricky when the, you can under if if the if the guest has a, a reasonable argument and it's just that they're really angry and you can get past that but i guess if the guest has kind of got like an unreasonable view or an unreasonable or you know what could be viewed as an unreasonable demand that can be really tricky to manage um so it's how how do you deal with that that can be the hardest the hardest part sometimes i think and that that kind of comes back to the pixie dust side of things you know um you know we've not got some pixie dust and what have you and i think when you start asking for things like that then i think you just kind of ruining your own holiday really <laughs> i think i think you just kind of have to go with the flow i think you have to expect the basics to be right and then anything else is a bonus but again if you're paying eight thousand pounds for a holiday it needs to be above average doesn't it you know and, and that's where the challenge really lies i think i mean you know haters are gonna hate complainers are gonna complain it's the same across anywhere really you know theme parks and beyond uh, and you get it just as much in uk theme parks than you do in disney i mean I, yeah definitely as you were saying ryan there is a higher expectation because of um the amount of money you're spending um but i think guests getting upset or complaining for the sake of complaining i think that's almost a bit of a universal trait um within theme park goers in general Oh yeah, it's not it's not specific to Disney, is it? I think I'd imagine if if we compared notes with someone who worked over at Universal, for example, I'd imagine the experiences are pretty much the same. I would have thought. Um, so yeah, okay. So we've just got a few minutes left then. So I just wanted to touch on um, at Disney World. Disney Springs have uh, reopened uh, tentatively. So. I need to have I need to have a proper read about what's happened, but I think some some of the cafes are kind of open and restaurants are open, but maybe takeaway people are allowed to kind of walk around the area, use the parking lot, and and what have you. You know what what's been your view of the opening of Disney Springs? Do you think it's a good thing that they've opened, and do you think it's been managed well from what you've seen so far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know Disney are doing their best. They're obviously people are screaming to get back into the parks and to get back to the magic people want it. Um, and I think it's a judgment call, a, a personal judgment call um, on the individual guest, you know, whether they want to visit the parks or, or, or sorry, um, Disney Springs or not, uh, it's down to their own personal choice. Um, obviously the rules are in place and if people use their best judgment and they're, you know sensible and and wear a mask and sanitize and whatnot then then you can't go wrong you know we we have seen the barbecued sausage situation the <laughs> hand we so far <laughs> yeah absolutely that was that was pretty crazy yeah i'm not entirely sure what they were thinking uh taking it because i mean 
I understand. Probably what they were thinking is something like, oh, well, the restaurants aren't open, so we'll take something to eat. But I would think, oh, I'll take something to eat. I'll take some sandwiches. I wouldn't think, let's take a disposable barbecue, some <laughs> raw meat. I mean... It must be it must be over thirty degrees over there. Yeah. Let's put some raw meat in our bag, and let's go and barbecue it. I don't. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a sensible idea, you know, at any time. You know. So. I mean, surely it gets so hot over there. You can probably just put your meat or whatever whatever meat you want to cook on like a, some sort of steel table or something. It would just cook it naturally. Yeah, well, that's a good sun. idea. Yeah, maybe you could do that. But yeah. I would generally suggest don't not taking do raw not meat to yeah. Dizzy Springs. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea. But yeah, it's been interesting watching it, and I'll be interested to see. I've seen a lot of people say it's too hot to wear a mask, you know, uh, and so on. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how long that can really go on for wearing a mask. Um, in the UK over here, they, they've kind of recommended that you should wear a mask when, you, when you're when you out in closed spaces, so like the shops, but I've seen very little people doing it. And to be fair, as long as you're running, if you're walking past someone briefly or, um, you know, you're generally keeping your distance, then, you know, it should be okay. But the, the problem is with the masks is they only really work if everyone's wearing one because mm. the idea is that it's to, it's to stop your coffees and cough, cough coughs and sneezes uh getting you know somewhere else you know going onto a surface um it's not about protecting you necessarily um so it's going to be a bit of a challenge you know and it'll only really work if you know the vast vast majority of people actually wear a mask so i'll be interested to see how that plays out and some uh we were saying earlier that some of the uk theme parks have now started to bring out some masks like um pleasure beach have just released some masks so it, it's obviously becoming a bit of an expectation that that may be the case in uk parks as well so we're just gonna have to see how it pans out i've i've tried wearing a mask but it just kind of falls off my face so <laughs> <laughs> i've got i've got like weird shaped ears and, and what have you and <laughs> so it's not working for me um, but, you know, I'm fully prepared to wear one if that's what we need to do. So we'll see what happens. So I think we've kind of uh, scratched the surface a little bit. and I, But I think there's more that we need to unpack. And I would like to have a bit more of a longer conversation about Epcot and some of the other Disney parks and maybe some of the resorts. So if you're happy to come back, I think we can maybe do, you know, part one, part two, part three and, and so on if you're interested. Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait. Sign me up. Do I, where do I sign the dotted line? <laughs> I'll I'll send you the contract in the post. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> along with the the check for for zero pounds. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll sort you out at Christmas. Don't worry. About yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting too much. Just you know, I don't know, like a Europa Park annual pass, and I don't know, maybe oh, maybe maybe a yeah. Disneyland Paris annual pass, something like that. Sure. Yeah, I'm working on it right now. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close then, just remind everyone uh, where to find you and how can they come across uh, your blog and how can they interact with you on social media? Sure. So if you want to follow what I'm up to and my articles that I post, or if you just want to get in touch with any questions that you may have in regards to working at UK theme parks or across uh, the Disney parks or Disney uh, Cruise Line, perhaps, or Disney Store, whatever, um, just get in touch uh, you can find me at Coaster Sam Blog on Instagram. 
Um, but I will be looking at launching a Facebook site um, or Facebook page soon. Uh, but at the moment, I mainly operate on Instagram um, and across some different enthusiast groups as well. Yep, brilliant. And if you want to find uh, Theme Park Loopy and interact with us, you can find us at themeparkloopy.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Theme Park Loopy. We also have a YouTube channel as well, which we have a few videos on at the moment, but there will be more coming uh, in the coming months, particularly when the parks reopen. We'll be doing more vlogs, POVs, uh, advice and reviews, all that kind of thing. That's going to be coming soon. So if you already follow us, then I just want to say thank you. We really appreciate every one of you. We really love talking to you and interacting with you. Um, you can send us a message on the page. So if you want to just talk to us or ask for any advice or anything, we're happy to do that. You know, we're not precious about that. So just interact with us. We're happy to talk. So, Sam, thanks for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed being on the podcast. That's been absolutely great. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. So, brilliant. Thanks very much. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, we are moving home shortly. So... The podcast episode releases may become a bit more sporadic, but thank you for sticking with us. Um, and we think we really enjoy doing the podcast and we're seeing the listenership going up and up all the time. We're getting particularly quite a few listeners in the United States. Uh, so that's been really good. Uh, so hopefully you guys are over in the States have found this episode interesting as well. Uh, and we thank you all for listening. So until then, we'll see you again real soon. <laughs>